One fucking year. One year, man. We fucking made it. 56 episodes later. That's more than, like, uh, one one a week. So we've been yeah. putting in extra duty. Cranking them away with those bonus content episodes. Fucking interviews. Fucking crossover episodes. Hell yeah, man. We've been pretty productive. I'm pretty proud of what we've accomplished in one year. Hell yeah. And then podcast movement just happened. Learning how to take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. A lot to expect out of year two, man. Hell yeah, and we're happy to have you along with us. Fuck yeah. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matthew. And I'm Jesse. And we're, we're like babies now. We're like a year old. One year. Just a wee little thing. Little, little podcast babies. And these babies need to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Hell yeah, let's start out. First off, Dave Gunn. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, and Kyle, Noel, and Bradford from the Crime Roulette Podcast. Thank you, guys. Aaron W. of Yes and I Am. That's another great podcast that you guys should definitely check out. So uh, what do we got coming up in the show? As always, we're going to start off with our bizarre news. And then we're going to move along to the green corner, which we're going to talk a lot about the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. And then we're going to fish it up with some tech. So stick around. Yeah, and with our weird news, we always like to start out with some weed news. This time, we're talking about teen marijuana use and how it has fallen to a 20-year low, defying legalization opponents' predictions. Now, this is a statistic-heavy article. It's a lot of percentages and stuff like that, so I'll be sure to post it up on the Facebook page. But the basic takeaway is that in 2016, rates of marijuana use among the nation's 12 to 17-year-olds dropped to their lowest level in more than two decades, according to a federal survey released this week. And that was the week of the, like, it was earlier this week in September. That's crazy, and one of the biggest fears is, like, with legalizing more and more, that the use would go up at a skyrocketed rate. Yeah, that's always the... the uh, what the opponents say is, you know, if you legalize marijuana or if you do medical use, that it's going to get into the hands of kids more. But statistics are showing that that's not true. Last year, uh, 6.5% of adolescents used marijuana on a monthly basis, according to the latest National Drug Survey on Drug Use and Health. That represents a statistically significant drop from 2014, when the nation's first recreational marijuana shops in Washington and Colorado opened. That's uh, fucking... Last time, monthly teens marijuana use was this low was in 1994 wow back in the 90s man 94 nirvana was big right (laughs) yeah right got all that flannel so fucking uh it's it's interesting to see that the statistics are representing a drop in uh teens being able to get a hold of marijuana 
when it's been legalized in so many places and decriminalized and all that. Yeah, yeah, because I bet it's a lot because of a lot of the like dealers are dropping out too because they can't make money when it's a legal object in the state and it's going for good rates. Maybe that's yeah, part absolutely. Of so this is a this came out of the Washington Post and like I said, I'll post it up there. It's it's very statistics heavy. It's like. 20.8% and adult ages 26 to 34, 14.5%. So I'm not going to bore you and rattle them all off. If you're really that <laughs> interested, we'll have it up on our Facebook page for you. Man, you know one of the, my favorite things to do after smoking a fat dewey? Going to an aquarium. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a nice place to chill. Yeah, man. Now, imagine having an aquarium with, with sharks, no less, in your basement. That's a short walk after smoking that doobie. Dude fucking dreams man man can dream well officers of the DEC in LaGrangeville New York had recently found that one person we don't know male or female or how many people had lived the dream when they had an above-ground pool installed in their basement and had sharks actually inside of it how now, many sharks are we talking apparently there was a fair amount and it was only a 15-foot pool too so it's pretty small and inside it has seven live sandbar sharks and also it had two dead leopard sharks and one dead hammerhead oh you didn't they didn't take them out just floating around in there just floating around hanging out man sad stories those other sharks didn't go at it hammerhead will be my prize man and all these sharks were about two to four foot long too so they were they were pretty decent sized yeah that's a fair sized shark to have in your basement let alone like seven or eight of them fuck yeah man i just oh my god it's so cool to me <laughs> well you know it wasn't too cool to the dc they're uh you know about to charge the person with harboring illegal wildlife which is definitely a, a pretty big deal and this happened <laughs> in uh close to our home area in the hudson valley right. yeah yep. yeah not a short drive probably what 45 minutes from our hometown <laughs> right Fucking, yeah. uh, we, uh, it reminds me of a story on our first episode where they had the legal gator ring. Oh, man. That we were proposing because they, they found the gators in people's basements. Now it's sharks. When now it's sharks. Gonna stop? Dude, intimidation factor. Again, I'll bring it back exactly. Bring it around trip right to the very beginning. This wasn't used. You just bring somebody down to the, the basement and you say, I'll make you disappear. I'll feed you to my sharks. We got a bunch of them. So yes, yeah, some are dead. I'm floating there. It's not a big deal. Well, the, the live ones will take care of you. I wouldn't yeah. be too scared, because if they're not going to eat the dead shark floating around, what's, what's going to fucking make them jump? True, true. Well, all the sharks have been taken away. Um, they're being brought to Long Island. Uh, they're at the Long Island Aquarium, actually. And they're uh, getting checked up to make sure they're all healthy. And then they're going to be probably shipped off, you know, kept in captivity for the rest of their lives. Surprised that guy didn't release them in the Hudson River. Oh, man, the ultimate plan until there's a reports of like dead sharks everywhere because it's fresh water and they can't survive in it. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. Is uh, is that the reason the other sharks died in the pool? Like, were they saltwater sharks and it was that's a freshwater what... above ground nah. pool? Well, no, all these sharks are fresh or uh, saltwater. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe something was up in the tank. <laughs> Fucking god, the plastic in. was probably emitting into the pool, killing them. It's probably just pouring in bags of Epsom salt. And chlorine too he's like oh well, i gotta keep it sanitized <laughs> <laughs> damn well people might find uh sharks washing up in florida after uh, hurricane irma we hope everyone's staying safe fuck yeah these storms that are coming up some big ones yeah fucking 
Irma's the size of the fucking Texas itself, isn't it? Like, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, very true. So, Hurricane Irma is gunning for the Florida coast, and Florida gun owners are being encouraged to shoot at the storm. Ha! Firearms. <laughs> that seems logical. You can get a wounded, you know? <laughs> a Florida man who was kind of bored and a little ag aggravated just from the stress of the event, he decided to make a Facebook group that he called Shoot at Hurricane Irma. <laughs> and ah. he got a lot of response about it. He got over 46,000 people signing it up to join in to the, uh, the ensuing battle between the storm and firearms. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people are really upset, like, with weather right now. <laughs> it's been crazy. You know, after the hurricane destroyed Texas, like, it's like, come on, another one? They're, they're lashing out at this storm. There's a, a great graphic here that we'll be sure to post up on our uh, social media somewhere. It shows the weak point of the storm and where you don't want to shoot and where you do want to shoot. So you want to shoot to the rain bands because there's a weak point at the center, but... You can only get to it by shooting through the rain bands, is what it looks like. Haha. <laughs> this is also in light of another uh, Facebook event where they're trying to point all the fans that they can at the hurricane to blow it away. Okay. You get enough fans going yeah, in one direction. Just like, you just Who put knows? them all in one direction, it's just gonna fucking counter it. Push it over to Europe. It's their problem now. It's lit, <laughs> fan. Hashtag <laughs> Hurricane Irma. Uh, so yeah, hopefully everyone's staying safe. Don't I, I don't suggest you fire guns into the storm. It's just gonna come right back at you. Oh my god. It's gonna whip around. Whip around, man. Well, I'm looking at a an image of our next story here, and the doors have been blown off this car, but not by the hurricane. Not Mother Nature this time around. It's not Mother Nature this time. It's somebody's mother, possibly. <laughs> In Southland of Essex. Um, a Ford Focus's doors were blown apart, blown right off the car. The whole car is just like, it looks like it was opened like a sardine can type deal. And apparently what happened in this car was there was a ton of um, air fresheners in there and they were, a few had been leaking. Now, somebody hopped in the car and lit a cigarette and blew this motherfucker up. Oh shit. But at least it smelled good. That's the thing. You know, it probably smelled real fresh in there. The only thing I'm wondering is, how did you not notice it was leaking? I'm sure like you got some of the aerosol like smell too. Right. It must. Have, I'm wondering if it was like pressed under a seat or something, just going off. They're like it smells really uh, good in this car. I, I knew I liked sink. that spray. <laughs> Boom! My God. Luckily, that, it, you we know. We had another story. Yeah, the like grill. Where, yeah, the propane was leaking, and they lit the cigarette. Yeah, see, that's like, I feel like more understandable. It's like, how the fuck do you blow your car up this bad? I feel like, we're gonna definitely post this picture up in the, uh, the weekly photos, because it's, it's insane, the damage. From an air freshener can? I can't fucking believe it. The roof is lifted off. Yeah, I'm surprised how much that could actually, uh, blow fucking pieces of the car outward. I could show this car to somebody and be like, yeah, the Incredible Hulk just had his way with that car, and it's believable. Yeah, it looks like he changed in the driver's seat, stuck in traffic, getting pissed. The Hulk just like, Argh! I told you you wouldn't like me when I'm mad. <laughs> bust out the doors, bust out oh, the roof. Just came out the fucking windshield altogether. <laughs> it was just a bad decision on her part. When when the air freshener's going, 
Don't don't light the sig. Step outside. Step outside. Yeah. Be you safe. Gotta make tough make decisions call. around cars. You gotta remember they're large pieces of equipment. Can't be <laughs> under the influence. Fucking operating these things. Smoking a sig, lighting it up, blowing your shit up. It's it's harrowing. And uh, and in our next story, there's an even I I would say equally harrowing tale. This, this okay. is straight out of an action movie. Okay, have, I like action movies. We have a driver who's forced to gun their engine and jump a rising drawbridge. He's got his family in the oh. back. He's looking like Arnold. You got to get over the bridge! He's <laughs> laying on that pedal to the metal. So yeah, I thought you were going to say laying on that meth and then the pedal. I was like, oh, well, that explains it. Well, that would do it. No, yeah. he, uh, he had paid the toll to cross the uh, bridge when unexpectedly a ship started passing under the, the section that lifts, and they didn't have any communications with the boat, so, like, they don't want the bridge to get taken out. So they start to lift the bridge as he's on it, and he's freaking oh out. God. He has his wife in the car. She's freaking out. They're like, we're either going to end up going backwards and having this car flatten us, or I need to gun this. So he made an executive decision, and he accelerated. And he landed with a big impact on the concrete uh, on the other side. And the vehicle was, had some minor damage, but no one was hurt. I wonder... I don't... They didn't say what he was driving, but I'd be... I'd be very interested to know what kind of car that was, because if it can take a jump... <laughs> Honda Odyssey minivan. Yeah, Top right. Line. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised the airbags didn't go off when you do a landing like that. I know, dude. Like your motor just like straight compacts to the ground. Yeah, sparks are flying. It's not like every car is built like a rally car to take like fucking that kind of damage. Yeah, definitely not. No, you fucking break your suspension real quick. The New shocks says, and struts. <laughs> it says he would never cross a bridge that bridge again. Yeah, I wouldn't either. They fucking lift it up on you. <laughs> it should be like a stop sign. You gotta wait for the traffic to clear, and then it goes up. Right? He's a uh, he's a hell of a decision maker because you can't freeze up in that kind of moment. Yeah, you definitely don't want to freeze up in that fucking moment. Another moment you don't want to freeze up in is uh, when you're pulling a B and E. All right. And, Breaking uh, and entering for our uh, legitimate listeners out there. The people that are, you know, streetwise and all that. <laughs> and the two fools in our next story, they had no... Nobody was going to break their stride. Because they had a mission. And uh, it's a funny story because they use an instrument that they get from a first B&E at a house. So let me give you the backstory. 24-year-old Zachary and 26-year-old Eric of Manchester break into a house in Tallinn, Connecticut. The first thing they find is a bat... And they take this bat, and they go to a next, the next house, and they break into this house with the bat through the window and all that. Then they steal a laptop, a purse, and alcohol, but the real reason they were there is because they, they got a sugar tooth. They got the sweet tooth, they're after it. The top portion of a wedding cake from the homeowner's freezer. Oh, fucking vandals. Dude, these heartless sons of bitches. Stealing like, memories I, is what they're stealing. That, yeah, like, I feel like you just... Uh, how could you do that? That's soulless. You fucked up a tradition. Like, a wedding cake, man, they were saving that. Like, they didn't even want to eat it themselves, the top of it. They were like, we're going to keep that forever. 
We're just gonna have right. a special freezer just for that that cake. You're supposed. <laughs> I, I think the tradition. You're supposed to have like at least a bite or something on like the first year of merit, like first year anniversary. Oh, is that really? How do you yeah. keep that cake for a year? Oh, stale ass cake. I'm not freezing cake. <laughs> Fuck that cake. I'll, I guess I'll pay somebody to break in and steal it. Yo, imagine how old that cake must have been that they ate. Oh, you imagine? Like, it's just been there, it's like 14 years old. They're probably drunk as fuck or something. They had to have been on something, because as soon as the homeowner confronted them, they just ran into the woods. They were just like, <laughs> we're out. <laughs> like, oh shit, they got, like, cake all over them. Yeah, their fucking well, fingers. Yeah, oh my god, bat, bro, like, tucked that's... Under their one of them's got a beard. I can just imagine, like, Frost and Mashed all in his beard. I also find it interesting that they only took the baseball bat. From the first, from the first house. house. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't get. It's like, we'll take the baseball bat from this this house here. We'll go across the street and break into that house. It's like, why That's wouldn't you the just house break into the house about. that you took the baseball bat from? Maybe the house they broke into for the baseball bat was like an open door. It wasn't really even like a B&E. They just walked in and they were like, ha ha. They just started it. <laughs> then they didn't even need the baseball bat because they ran. It's not like they even used it for protection when the homeowner confronted them. No, these, these are, are these aren't the confrontational types. Fucking criminals. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, now they're both sitting in jail on a hundred thousand dollar bail, facing charges uh, including home invasion and burglary. So they're going nowhere fast, and no more cake for you fucks because they don't fucking serve that in prison. Tradition theft, memory burglary. There should be an added charge for like destruction of like. Uh, like an irreplaceable like piece of like property see, i mean i see, don't know you're better, like, off, you're better off putting a, a number on that <laughs> it said it that memory cost one million dollars to me that's how much the damage was inflicted that little cake that that was about two hundred fifty thousand dollars to me yeah 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 that sounds about right had the fucking cake boss making cake <laughs> oh my god, imagine. So, uh, that, that would be that even worse. <laughs> that wraps up our uh, news for this episode, but we do have a funny clip that we want to tell you guys about. It's a yeah. po pole vault gone wrong, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, and those fucking things are scary, man. Oh, I'm terrified of those. I'll never, you'll never catch me at a pole vaulting event. Pole vaults very easily become javelins when yeah. flexed and fucking 20 bounced. foot spears. <laughs> Keep your children out of the back fucking rows of the uh, viewing area there. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're always really good clips. And this so, clip's golden. So we'll, we, we entitled this one Boing. Or Boing. So we'll post that up on our Facebook page. Uh, that's American Psycho Podcast on Facebook. And go check that out. Because we're always posting funny shit. Hell yeah. Now it's time to step into the fucking green corner. God damn, was that a good fight? Oh, a lot of people man. are talking shit, man. Yeah, there's happy. things I took away from it that I enjoyed. <laughs> We're referring to the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight that just happened, the money fight, as people refer to it as. Hell yeah, it's uh, most likely going to break all the records for pay per view buyouts that's still being projected right now. Dana White says it's uh, probably around $650 million in sales. And Which if you don't want to contribute to that and you still want to see it, there's plenty of videos on YouTube. People who were in the crowd, you know, taped the entire event. So well, that's sure one of the things, too. Out. Another thing is uh, they're really pissed off because uh, apparently millions of people 
illegally watched it through like um, illegal streams. So oh that's yeah, a shit ton of revenue loss. Oh, absolutely. And do you think Dana White's getting a cut of that as well? Oh, of the pay-per-view buys? Yeah, or well, oh, some, yeah. at least some of the income. Yeah, oh yeah, the fighters are definitely getting a good chunk of the pay-per-view buyouts, but there's a lot to pay out from that money in itself. Yeah, so I mean, everyone involved is losing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the fucking watcher, like, if you're watching and paying that $100 to fucking get the pay-per-view, it's insane. I mean, yeah, that's, a, we that's a hell of a price for one We were in Anaheim when, when the fight was going on. It bars were sold out with $30 cover charges. 30 I think one was 40 also. Like, jeez. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And uh, people do it. I mean, you want to see this fight. This fight is legendary. It's going to be remembered forever. And, you know, I'm, I think Connor did a hell of a job performing. He landed 111 strikes against uh, Mayweather, which nobody saw that coming, holding up against the greatest boxer of all time. I mean, yeah, I knew it would be a good, a good fight no matter what. Um, the one thing that I really learned about myself from this fight is that I don't like watching boxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... Yeah, we had a discussion about this earlier. It's not the same beast that MMA is. It's pretty slow-paced. The guys are uh, wearing these gloves that really you can't get the power shots out. And that was really one of Connor's like uh, problems is he thought he was going to go out there and use all the power. And those gloves prohibit you from like really getting the full use of your, your power. And yeah, those were big gloves, big chunky <laughs> gloves, and it was a lot of slapping, essentially. Those were yeah, those were two ounces lighter than they would have been, too, because they agreed upon a specialty weight glove. Hmm. So it could have been even worse, man. And Connor's not used to that at all. MMA gloves are way... They're um, a lot Tiny. more condensed. You know, uh, that's why it leads to knockouts quicker. In two rounds, three rounds. And uh, it, I've heard studies that it's actually better for the fighters because those the boxing gloves allow you to hit a person more, so it's a lot more uh, repercussions on the brain bouncing around inside your skull. I could see that, and I would, that was a thought that crossed my mind too. Uh, watching the fight was how how they're essentially it's, there are very few body shots. When there were body shots, they did land, but most of the shots, even the ones that were dodged or missed, were going for the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely um, Connor was really focused on the head too. Um, I just I you know honestly I can't get over that he landed 111 shots and in. Pacquiao only landed 81, and he's the number, like got the most strikes on Floyd out of any fighter. But one could say the reason he landed so many, uh, well, that because he landed so many strikes like that is the reason that he gassed himself out and got the, uh, was it a technical knockout? Tech like, cause he it didn't... was a TKO because, yeah. yeah, he didn't drop. He was exhausted at the end. He definitely, he stumbled backwards a little bit, but he was just exhausted because he wore himself out with too much movement in the first like half of the fight. And that's, really, I think it was around round six that I started to see Mayweather come out a little bit more from the defensive position and start to land strikes on him. Because, like, all right, he's tired himself out. Yeah, I, I'd say even earlier you could see pre-tail signs of that coming out. You know, Mayweather was really guarded in the first three. And then he'd start poking out and hitting shots. I was like, you know, I knew, you could see what was going on right away. Uh, Mayweather was pacing himself because he knew what Connor was going to do. And Connor was just moving constantly, constantly. And that just leads to an energy drain that you can't keep up with, especially when he's not trained to be fighting these, this many rounds like this. Yeah, and I saw him doing a lot of the sort of, like, hug and hit. 
which was like almost reminiscent of like an MMA move where you get trying him to like, clinch him. Yeah, get him in the clinch and give him the uppercuts a couple times. Well, he didn't. He landed quite a few good uh, uppercuts, which I was like, damn, you know. But Floyd ate him like they were nothing. They were candy. The, the ref had to keep separating them. They they kept getting like close, and I, I felt like that was his MMA training kind of kicking in, where he he's like, I know I can get that shot, but he knows he's not supposed to. So he's just yeah, and, that line. And he's also trying to conserve his energy because in MMA, that's how you you actually recoup is like you you clinch up, you like you know hold the guy, and you come to the standstill for a second. In boxing, they don't really allow that at all. But, I mean, he took this fight on three months, like, preparation. That's it. You know, from what it was announced, it was three months until it was going to happen. That's an insane amount, like, an insanely short amount of time to prepare to fight the greatest boxer of all time when you've never been in a professional box match in general. Yeah, it's a very odd thing to just sort of isolate one aspect of your training and be like, all right, go only fight someone with your hands. Yeah, and you can see it in his stance. He still had an MMA stance. It was more, you know, the legs are a lot more spread out than a boxer's. It, it was he had a very unorthodox uh, uh, fighting style, and that's that's pretty much why he, why he did so well. The, the mistiming of his punches and, and the different actual swing form, it really benefited him coming from that, you know, a different a different game. Yeah, definitely, uh, like, sort of threw Mayweather a couple of times in terms of how he moved, because I don't think he was expecting... Like, Connor had a couple of good dodges in there that were oh, just yeah. like, very yeah. clearly, like, he knew where he was throwing it. But in the end, Mayweather played it smart, and that's, I think, why he's gotten this far with his record. 50-1, and one, yeah. Yeah, he, um... I mean, Jesus Christ, 50-0 and, or 50-0 and is uh, insane. It's, it's ridiculous. Make your was, career. Was that, that the fiftieth or was it the fifty-first? That's the fiftieth. Uh, I heard a oh, boxer. Yeah. I don't know the name off the top of my head. I heard a boxer did retire with a fifty-one, oh, in one draw, though. Oh, one draw. So there is somebody that technically has a record, but he has that draw, which is kind of weird. So I guess you know Floyd yeah, takes a cake because he doesn't have any draws. <laughs> you know, but, it, it, but I mean, so many people were talking shit about Connor going into this fight, and even after, but. Um, Max Kellerman, like one of the biggest commentators of uh, boxing, said that Connor wouldn't land a single punch <laughs> on Floyd, and he had to well, go out and recoup a statement comment. and apologize. Basically, <laughs> it's it's a ridiculous like statement. Uh, people go overboard with what they say, and it's like yeah. they're clearly not being realistic in in that being their opinion of how the fight would go. It's like. What do you mean he's not going to land a fucking punch? He's, have you ever seen any of his MMA fights? Yeah, yeah, right? Like, he's going to land a punch most... if you want to talk logistically about if he will win via strategy, power, timing, that kind of stuff. Then, like, have that conversation. But, yeah, so many people just want to get their fucking comments in. Yeah, fucking everybody's got something to say. Even Snoop Dogg chimed in and was talking all kinds of shit. Yeah. I don't know if you a chance. I did hear that. Snoop Dogg was like fucking calling Connor out after the fight saying like yeah you don't bring that shit blah 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 and then yeah, at the he, end he you little bitch Connor like, he does have heart though <laughs> yeah 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 he recouped his statement like what the fuck are you doing guy <laughs> he realized he's fucked up but that was that was odd the uh, real winners in all of this are Mayweather and McGregor for the payouts yeah. 
Yeah, man. Fucking, you're talking. McGregor pulled out about 70 million, whereas Mayweather's probably walking around with north of 200 million. Jeez. And I mean, I know yeah. Mayweather's got some debts to pay off, but he also has some balling ass cars and shit, too. Well, yeah. Apparently, from what I heard, his taxes, they're around $5 million that he owes the IRS for, you know, like when you make that kind of money, they want a good chunk. Yeah, you got to make sure you're you keeping know, your books. But he could pay that at any moment, especially after the money he took home from this alone. And I mean, that those numbers are just estimates at this point. We're talking, they got they went out there covered in labels, so they got sponsorship money coming in. The paper yeah, you buy is going to Whose shorts coming. did you like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could yeah, is that a reference? Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about the lovely uh, pre-fight interview where, um, or the fight like conference where Connor had the boner. Oh well, that's a whole other uh, conversation too. But yeah. yeah, I was I was specifically asking because um, McGregor had like what looked almost like Greek, like fighting tights or like sh- like shorts where it was like gold, old gold, and then white. But then McGregor, or uh, I'm sorry, Mayweather's, I could see from fucking space because mm. those things were like diamond encrusted, like black and gold. I think. Yeah, 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 I know, fucking, gotta show off for the biggest pay-per-view of all time, man. Gotta go out there. It was crazy. Hell yeah. But, I mean, they delivered, you know, they were smart, they're businessmen in general, you know, on top of being fighters, they did what they did and made a fortune off of this fight, and uh, they were buddy-buddy after, it was ridiculous. (laughs) Well, of course, they just made tons of money together. Yeah, yeah, but I'd be pretty happy walking away with uh You you mentioned before the, the pre-shows were like a show in their own. Oh yeah, the the conferences and the like all the interviews they did and talking shit about each other. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was oh and especially I love the fact that like sometimes like when I not to reference video games, but when I played Fable, I played it in reverse order cuz I didn't get a chance to play them when they came out. And people said, "Oh, that's a great way to play it cuz it's like best like going in reverse order that's sort of uh what like i liked about watching the mcgregor mayweather fight and then watching the pre-conference stuff because fucking conor mcgregor's talking so much shit if and, and you know he's gonna lose already if there's one thing that kid is good at talking man mcgregor is the best shit talker in all of entertainment yeah, it's just, it's funny he's, to watch it knowing that he didn't win. So he's, like, calling everyone a bitch on, on Mayweather's team. Oh, and my like, God. The the part where Mayweather was, like, asking one of his dudes to, go like, grab a check out of the bag. He carries a check that's, like, for a million dollars or something. And uh, McGregor was like, yeah, do what you told, bitch. <laughs> I was just, I died. I died. Yeah, there were some great, like, memes that came out of that shit. And, like, he, I was watching one yesterday where he went over to the crowd on the side of the boxing ring during one of the press conferences and pointed out, like, two of Mayweather's lackeys and was like, <laughs> you two are fucking juice heads. And, I, and he walked over to fucking Mayweather and was like, I can't believe you fucking pay these idiots. <laughs> Just tearing apart his whole crew. And he called another dude a fucking weasel and told him to sit down and shut up and asked him what he was going to do. And he's like, yeah, nothing. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Mayweather went full bully. I wonder if any of that, like, fueled Mayweather. Oh, I'm sure. He kept kept his cool for the most part. Yeah. I didn't see him flip out once. He laughed more than he fucking, like, got pissed. 
Yeah, because I think you just do. You know, I mean, you're not gonna come into this guy's sport that he's been doing for years upon years, and fucking just be perfect. You know. Well, it was interesting. It was like the Zen master versus like the loud and cocky new like fucking newly trained master. Oh, being put up against the test. Yeah, if anybody's gonna rattle your cage, it's gonna be Conor McGregor. I mean, right. there's he knows how to get to the core. Because he, he was trying. Oh my god, he was trying. He was saying some horrendous shit. Yeah. Walking yeah, around the ring with a mic like piece. he owns the place. Oh my god, I love the strut that, that Connor admits when he's like walking around talking shit. He's swinging you, the shoulders. If you haven't seen the any of the pre-fight stuff, go. If even if you don't see the fight, watch the pre-fight stuff. Because it, it's really entertaining. Just like in terms yeah. of... It, we were saying before that it reminded us of like uh, wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's straight drama. Yeah, it, it's straight up like they're. It's almost scripted the drama these guys are getting into these days. You know, like it brings life out their outside life into the whole showbiz of it. And that bleeds into the uh, MMA world as well with UFC and the rivalries that happen and who's getting promoted and who isn't. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's definitely it's becoming like a little bit soap operaish when they really include all this shit. It's it's funny. People are eating it up. Now, during one of these press conferences, McGregor definitely had a boner. He definitely, well, he he definitely showed <laughs> the boner beginning. He like yeah. pumped himself up, and like all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, that dude's packed. He like rushed his dick full of blood in front of like a thousand cameras. Yeah, yeah, well, ESPN during, Live. <laughs> it was during the weigh-in, right? Yeah, yeah, it was the pre-fight weigh-in, the last one. And he, and, like, uh, ran off, and May- Mayweather was laughing. I, uh, either way, man, this is this paves the way. We're going to see a lot more crossovers, I'm thinking. Um, I heard a boxer's about to come over to the UFC. We'll see. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some important guy, too. I'm not a boxing fan, though. so I, Better, I better strengthen those legs for the kicks. Yeah, dude, exactly. Fucking A, man. Oof. There's nothing like a leg kick. So now we're going from people fighting in the ring to uh, some interesting technology involving fighting. Tick, 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 technology. So with our tech segment, we like talking about interesting things going on in technology and the first thing we're starting off with is elon musk leading a panel of 116 experts calling for the outright ban of killer robots oh fuck killer robots that's what no elon musk here. is saying too there's no place for him here man uh-uh uh-uh this is our planet he's quoted as saying we do not have long to act once pandora's box is opened it will be hard to close and I guess his his main fear is that if governments start using robots in like military forms, which I mean we already kind of do with drones, if if you think about it, um, that he says you know terrorists or like other bad groups with ill intent will uh, program reprogram these machines to do things that they weren't intended for. Yeah, so if yeah. we just don't make them in the first place, we won't have to worry necessarily about what they're referring to as third revolution in warfare. After gunpowder and nuclear arms, we have killer robots. I feel like we're already past that point, though. Like, it's like, 
AI is everywhere, and it, it's obviously connected through network. So, I mean, it's like, it only takes one bad seed to reprogram all the other ones. <laughs> oh, well, you'd have to program, a, you'd have to have someone program a computer to reprogram. Intent harm. Yeah, or, well, to yeah. reprogram other computers to intent harm. Well, I'm saying, like, when we get to the level of, like, where AI is self-fixing and... Like way way past where we are. God knows if it's out there already. I mean, there's definitely possibilities, man, of like transmitting to outdated technology. The thing that I've always understood about AI is that it only does what you tell it to do. So until we actually tell, and I think that's what Elon Musk is trying to stop here is if we don't tell robots to or like or machines to do that in the first place, then we won't have to worry about it being abused. Okay. So it's pretty much don't tell it, it's, it can kill you, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, a goldfish doesn't know that it's swimming in water. It just exists in water, because that's just, all it knows. Yeah, it doesn't know it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's there's uh, ethical, like, things that kind of go against the idea of AI, because once something is sentient or understands its, like, place in, like, the world as, like, a being, is it unethical to keep them doing a task over and over and over and over you know true is it what part does it become slavery and yeah exactly so it's uh it's an interesting piece it's for on the guardian we're gonna post it up on our facebook as we do with a lot of our interesting articles but I i'm trusting elon on this one elon who we we're i have this theory you know i've never seen him in the same room as batman and he's building underground tunnels if there was a real-life Bruce Wayne, Elon Musk would be the man. You know he'd have an archive there. And it would have Fucking to be like Musk the Batman. Technologies. It'd have to be like the Batman from the, the Superman versus Batman. With like all Dude. the extra gear and shit. Yeah, yeah. Fucking mecha suit. Straight. Mecha all kinds Elon. of ridiculous tech. Mecha Musk. <laughs> the Musk-mobile. <laughs> so look out for a Mecha Musk coming near you. It's going to have laser arms and missiles that fire out of its uh, face. Oh, God. Scary. Killer robots, though. Scary fucking robots, man. Ooh. Hell yeah. Fuck. Let's move along to robots that are not so scary. <laughs> so, the, the, the highlight of our next story is basically um, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich, Switzerland. They're uh, working on a project right now in a laboratory, a robotics laboratory. Robots that build houses. And uh, currently the project is one that can build a house three stories tall. Which is really ridiculous. So, right now they're in the process of making it so these robots can be in the outside world. Right now, in a controlled laboratory, it's a lot easier for them to obviously build the structure. Right. Versus being out in the elements, you know, water hitting them. All the different Wait, things that can happen. Yeah. So, either way, this is a step with like 3D printing and robotics combined that really will benefit and step up the process of building. And maybe we can use this to utilize like helping out the homeless somehow. You know, cheap production of housing, things like that. That'd be a that'd be a great idea. Because then, yeah, if you could have these robots sort of building the structure, the main structure from like a metal of some sort, and then fill it in with like 3d printed like walls or something along those lines with like a cheap material 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. There's got to be an alternative. Um, you know, I know hemp's a big thing right now in Europe. Cheap housing made out of hemp. I heard that almonds are... Uh... Almond growers are looking at a way to repurpose the shells and that they can be made into like some sort of lightweight plastic. I can imagine that, like, yeah, mushing it up and making it into a paste of sorts. Right. Like yeah. Paper mache. Shit, maybe you can even utilize that to, and transform that into a 3D printable um, material. That would be interesting, natural. sort of like a light based wood pulp. Yeah, exactly, but maybe you add like some type of natural gluing to it. Um, that, that makes it harden. I understand, like, uh, another, you know, unrelated story I recently was reading is that, um, some scientists have cracked the code of, like, ancient, uh, Rome's, like, concrete and stuff, because there's, there's some type of reason in that that lasts a lot longer than our concrete technology does, even huh. to this day. Right. So now scientists have been trying to pick it apart, and they actually broke it down to the chemical reaction, and they figured it out. So it's like, I feel like it's all science, you know, there's a way to make it to where you can utilize any type of material and just make it compound better together. Yeah, that makes sense. And that'd, that'd be cool if we could uh, solve the housing crisis with robots. Hell yeah. Yeah, it really would, man. Um, and another little fun fact, no surprise, Albert Einstein actually was a student at this institute back in the day. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, in Zurich, you said? Yeah, he's one of their um, infamous alumni. That's crazy. Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. That's awesome. Yeah, they've well, been behind a lot of robotics movements. So we're, we're moving on to more robots. Now, i got a question Ooh. for you on this one. Okay. Would you fly in a plane with no pilot, just like no. computer equipment? No. No and no. Well, I don't trust. I barely trust a human, let alone I don't trust a robot. It's it's the way of the future, apparently, because pilotless planes could save the airlines thirty five billion dollars if anyone's willing to actually, you know, fly in them. I'm good. I'm good. This I, I, are, would you? Um, I don't know. Maybe if it was, uh, I I have a th a theory on how it's gonna go. I'll get to that in a second. I just wanted to say this is on off of the consumerist.com, and they said that there are businesses that are already looking into uh, doing this in the upcoming future. And the way that I feel like I would end up getting on is not knowing. I don't think they're going to let people know which ones are planes flown by people and which ones are planes but the, flown by... Uh, well, you'll notice that the pilot's not chilling in the entrance when you walk on, like how he's normally greeting you. Well, usually, I, I don't see the pilot that often. I see the pilot more at the airport terminal more than I do on the plane itself. So I think they could hmm. easily sneak it past that it's actually no pilot up there. Like and most of, the, most of the planes like flying and landing and stuff like that are done by computer anyway. True. It is like an autopilot, right? Yeah, and I mean, you're not alone in not wanting to fly out of 8,000 people. They found that 54% of them would not be willing to fly in a pilotless plane, while 17% said, eh, okay, I'll go for it. Fuck that, dude. I would just, I would not take a chance. I just, I couldn't. Ugh. I mean, maybe after I saw a shit ton of statistics about pilotless flights. But until then, I just don't trust it, man. Trust no robots, people. They're, they're thinking that younger people will be their uh, group to aim for for that demographic. 
They're thinking Put younger the people old will pile. be more willing to kind of give it the risk and trust a computer over a person. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. It's usual, you know, like, as you're raised with more and more technology, it's easier for you to accept it overtaking. They, they also said that it could bring down the price of the ticket, but I highly doubt that. If they could save $35 billion, they'll just pocket that shit. Yeah, yeah, the tickets might go down like a few dollars, but they're mainly going to pocket that, that fucking increase. Let's be real, nobody's looking for increases so they can help out the people they're selling this shit to. They're all about, yeah, no. how can I make it get away with the highest price and still seem legit? Yeah, it's all about it's all about the profit. I mean, that's what businesses are about. It's just, uh, it's weird with the airline industry, because you, you even saw it where, like, the price will fluctuate. Yeah, so yeah. Much. So you could uh, end up daily. paying, like, an extra, th yeah, one day, like, two days difference, you could be paying an extra $300. So I, I think the airline industry is kind of weird in general. Yeah, there needs. I feel like there needs to be more kinds of regulations to uh, keep it, you know, so it doesn't fluctuate like that. I don't know what the idea is behind that fluctuation. But then you don't get those crazy last-minute deals where you. It's like ninety-nine bucks to France. Oh shit! Oh shit! Fly out. We going out this weekend. Because <laughs> they'll have people like cancel last minute, and then they're like, "Oh, we got a ticket, and they got to sell it real quick." We need to, yeah, we need to fill the spot. Critical thinking will get you there, man. And uh, new research is showing that microdosing might actually help with critical thinking. Oh. Yeah. So, in Silicon Valley, a lot of um, people have, I've heard, you know, like I've, I've heard it in different articles and uh, different documentaries, a lot of the, the higher ups are actually microdosing LSD and, and mushrooms. And uh, microdosing, to give you an idea, is really where you just take, you know, one twentieth of what you would do to take a psychedelic trip. Like, but it actually increases your creativity, your happiness. Um, and there's been no statistics behind it. So now, um, Sarah Fielding of the Beckley Foundation is trying to get together some some actual hard evidence to back this theory. That's good. I'm glad they're actually doing research into it. Yeah, and you know, it's it comes from uh, just experience of different people, man. Um, she, her own experience is uh, they used to play ancient Chinese games, uh, this ancient Chinese game called Go, and she I've found that the- I've wanted to play that. I've never I've gotten never the chance even, to. What is it? Do you know what it is, roughly? I don't know this game. I want to say it's like something like checkers. I could be completely wrong, but I know that they had like that computer Watson from IBM play it. Against it's like not that person. starboard, is it? No, uh, that's like Chinese checkers, I think. But uh, Go, I'm not sure. Like that's like I said, I never got the chance to play it, but I've heard about it a lot. I've heard okay. it's, a, it's a pretty challenging game. Well, she found that the more games, she won a lot more games when she was on LSD. Um, against people that she knew well. She was actually able to, you know, like, her problem-solving was, like, enhanced from the LSD, actually. And I would say it's important, the fact that it was people that she knew well, so it's people that she'd play against regularly. So that sort of, True. she has a baseline for, like, win-lose, 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 but then if she takes yeah. it and she's winning more, that's kind of the standout in the statistics. Yeah, and, and again, there's little evidence on... Um, there, there really is a uh, few people that are actually backing the evidence, so now it's just admitting. James Fadiman, a uh, researcher at Sophia University, has received like a thousand reports from different people with their oh, experience wow. with microdosing. And he's um, starting to collect it and analyze it with his partner. 
and they're really uh, getting getting somewhere with it. They're presenting their work at the psychedelic science conference, which is like basically in a conference involving like trying to get all these like statistics out there that there's actual benefit beneficial use of psycho psychedelic drugs. That's awesome. I didn't know there was a conference for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me neither, man, until I read this article. And, uh, you know, some people say it's uh, it could be a placebo effect. You know, the body is a weird thing. You give, you know, the placebo and your body will miraculously heal it. Possibly. So, you know, possibly. Um, but they're completely denying that this is any type of placebo effect, that it actually is the LSD, and uh, and magic mushrooms can do the same effect. I, I could I could see that, and it's interesting all the anecdotal evidence that comes in, but a lot of times you can't research these kinds of things because of the laws that are currently on the books. Exactly. Which I never yeah. understood why those don't get lifted for research. Yeah, you would feel the research would be like a free area. Like, yeah. We need to find out what the fuck's going on. Like, we need to know what happens when we give squirrels heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stopped having the nuts. There's more nuts. <laughs> There's more nuts, man. Calm down. So we're going to outer space for our final uh, little bit here in the tech segment. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cassini spacecraft's grand finale. Now, the Cassini is a satellite. It's a Discovery-type uh, satellite that has been launched towards Saturn. And it's been up in space for a long fucking time. Okay. And its time is finally coming to an end. Sadly, but beautifully. It will crash into the planet of Saturn on the 15th, which is this week. So if you're listening to this podcast on the date it comes out, on the 15th of September, you can go to... I, I want to say NASA is going to have a live stream or something along the lines of that. They put up a couple of videos showing what's going to happen in like an animation type of thing which caught my eye and i started to do a little bit of research and i realized like oh shit we can like do a little shout out saying like the cassini's grand finale is going to happen and people want to catch it they can try and catch it uh saturn.jpl.nasa.gov is cassini's grand finale or you can just go to do cassini spacecraft and search nasa but watch it's it's going to be fucking crazy uh, if, if they got some sort of video recovered from this because it's going to be taking data the whole way down. And it's been orbiting Saturn for a while now since, I want to say, it operated... Its, dur- its duration for its mission was 19 years total, so it's been up there for Jesus 20 years. Christ, man. Yeah. It's been up there since, like, 98. Yeah. We were yes. in elementary school like then, like, Jesus. Seriously, like five years old or something. Yeah, yeah, not that young, but still. <laughs> I can't do math this late into the podcast. You know I've been drinking. <laughs> ah, well, I think you were nine and I was ten. <laughs> I'll do the math for us. So, yeah, be sure to check out anything that comes off of the uh, NASA website about the Cassini Grand Finale. Even just uh, check out the YouTube video. We're going to put it up on our Facebook because it's fucking beautiful. It looks like planet Earth, crazy. but this is planet Saturn. It's fucking crazy, man. Jesus. All, it's all things must come to an end. Has like this, this episode. Has this episode, yeah. Check out our Facebook and our Instagram. All you gotta do is search American Slacker Podcast, and you'll find us there. Check out our main hub, AmericanSlackerPodcast.com. 
And also, if you want to send us an email, it's americanslackerpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to find us on Spotify, where you can find all of the artists that we cover on this show. And you'll be jamming in no time. Search American Slacker Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Reddit at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes, five stars or nothing. And please, if you have a friend who enjoy the show, tell them about us. You can send them over to the YouTube channel if they do not know how to work the podcast app. We have all of our newest episodes and our bonus content all going up there. And if you want even more bonus content, become our Patreon sponsor, where you will get rewards, which we we kind of did a little different now. If you take a look over at the Patreon site, you'll see that we've eliminated all the tiers. Any level that you donate at, you get all the rewards, so it's completely open now. You get all of it. Hell yeah. We're giving it all to you, which means you get a shout-out like we gave to the uh, three people, well, more than three, two podcasts and a person up at the top of the show. You can also ask us a question. We'll add you to our Xbox uh, friends list. whole bunch of shit, so check out our Patreon. And also, we're calling out any animators. If you know one, if you are one, we need to get in touch with you. We're yeah. uh, looking at a project in the future, and uh, we need some help. So, uh, get at us, people. We need some, some decent animating skills. And don't forget to stalk us on our personal lives. You can check me out on Instagram at MWG Media, and my Snapchat and Gamertag are MattyG from HP. And for all of my social media, you can find me at LandersThePlane. Well, thanks for tuning in, people. We love every single one of you. Until next time, that's it. There you go.